Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Football to kick off hour number three on our Sunday get-together all around the NFL, we're now just over a week from legal tampering, the greatest misnomer uh, in all of uh, professional sports. If it's tampering, it can't be legal. So the NFL just makes stuff up when they need to uh, to describe a time of the season. Uh, but it'll be a fun time of the season because the rumors will be flying and there will be some announcements made that players have agreed to contracts. But it's not done until they put pen to paper and you got to wait a couple of days for that. We don't have to wait to talk about it all with our next guest, CBSSports.com NFL insider and writer Kevin Boylan joins us here on uh, Boylan joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. Kevin Jody Mack here. How are you, bud? Jody, thanks for having me on the show, man. My pleasure. Appreciate it. What are you doing for the next eight to eight days? Uh, you know, prepping for the big storm that's ahead. I mean, obviously we got March Madness getting us kind of in the mood for the craziness in the sports world, and I think free agency is just going to pile on top of that in the NFL world. I can't remember uh, over the last 20 years, 25, well, at least since free agency started, uh, because teams used to have basically slave labor over the players. Uh, and you got drafted by a team and you were locked in there until you didn't want to play anymore. You wanted to try and hold out and reserve your services. But since free agency kicked in, this is the most abundant quarterback class we've ever had, at least as far as overall numbers go. It, it just leaves debate wide open. So my first question to you will be, in teams deciding which way they want to go with quarterback, what will be the number one factor for them? Will it be overall talent of the quarterback, or will it be fitting into their financial situation, or will it be fit? which I think is an underrated aspect because there are some very good quarterbacks who can't play in certain systems, and coaches have hard-line systems that quarterbacks have to be able to fit into. Where does fit fall into overall talent 
and contract uh, flexibility under a cap in the overall ratings and rankings on how teams are going to pursue quarterbacks in this upcoming class? I think all of those factors matter, but fit is probably the most important. And when I talk about fit, I more mean where is your team? That's going to determine how and when you attack the quarterback position. If you're a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender and you've got a shorter window than maybe some of the other teams, you're making a move for a Phillip Rivers or a Tom Brady, one of the older veteran quarterbacks who you know what you're going to get, and it's not a wild card. But if you're further away from that, you're going to wait until the draft and get one of these younger quarterbacks and start to build around a guy. And then there's these teams in the middle that I look at, like the Bears, for example, who aren't totally 100% committed to their quarterback situation with Mitchell Trubisky as a starter. I think they are going to make an aggressive move to bring in a veteran that they want, but not someone who's going to be super imposing too big of a locker room figure to go head-to-head with uh, Mr. Trubisky. Maybe they want someone that they can acquire in the, in the trade market, perhaps an Andy Dalton type. So there are a lot of teams that want a lot of different things out of the quarterback position in the offseason, and that, that when it comes down to fit, that's what you should be looking at. Kevin, don't if you listen to my show or not, uh, but from time to time I talk about horse racing. Uh, I'm a fan of the game and the sport. And we have an expression in horse racing called bouncing. When a horse jumps up and runs significantly faster, puts up a much bigger speed rating than they ever have before, a lot of times immediately thereafter, next race, they come back down to earth. And we say they bounce up and run that unbelievable figure, but then they level off. Is Ryan Tannehill a bounce candidate, or is he as good as he showed in the second half of the Tennessee Titans last year? Well, we have seen a lot of Ryan Tannehill going back to his days with the Miami Dolphins. and He's been productive, but we've obviously never seen him rise to the height that we saw with the Titans this year. Now, I'm not thinking he's going to lead the league in yards per attempt or passer rating again like he did this past year with the Titans. Uh, when he went 7-3 and three as a starter and then led the Tennessee Titans to the AFC Championship. I think in the AFC Championship we saw more of what Ryan Tannehill really is. The Titans were able to hide him in the first two rounds. He attempted, you know, hardly any passes, threw for under 100 yards in both of those victories. But I also think that the Titans showed the rest of the league how to win with a quarterback like Tannehill. If you do have limitations at that position, you can still be a competitive team that makes it all the way up to the doorstep of the Super Bowl with a strong running game and a powerful defense and a quarterback who just knows how to manage the game and take a few strikes when he needs to. Tannehill was great at that position and that role last year. But if you're looking for a quarterback to be your Deshaun Watson or your Patrick Mahomes, who is going to try to make the game-winning play, you know, from start to finish, a full 60 minutes, the game is on their shoulders, uh, that's never going to be Ryan Tannehill. So it all depends on the perspective that the team has that ends up acquiring him and uh, how they go about building around him. You and I just finished talking about fit. I was referring to one type of fit. You went to a different type of fit. Both of them are important. Mine was more along the lines of the coach's 
philosophy and way running an offense as compared to the skill set of the quarterback. You talked about fit of where you sit in the league hierarchy and how dedicated you're going to be to get a high-impact guy or a guy who you think there's still upside and your timeline's going to match up. Who does Ryan Tannehill fit with? Ryan Tannehill, to me, I mean, the obvious is the Tennessee Titans. I mean, he just took that team to the AFC Championship, and I think that the Titans are probably flirting with the other options out there. I'm sure there's been a lot of Brady rumors, and I think that they'd be interested in what Brady could bring them in the short term. And Tannehill, I think it's all going to come down to the money that, he's, that he thinks that he could sign with and what this free agency market is going to bear itself out to be. I don't know if we fully know who's going to be the highest-paid quarterback, what the market is like for each of these quarterbacks, and if for sure that Brady's going to be the first domino to fall. I think when you're looking at that type of quarterback, though, Tannehill is similar type as Brady. Obviously not as old, but not going to bring the game-breaking potential that maybe a Jameis Winston, if you could ever harness his ability, would bring. But Jameis Winston, of course, comes with the interceptions and the head-bagging plays uh, that you're not going to get, most likely, with a Tannehill or a Brady. All right. Uh, Dak Prescott supposedly has been offered uh, as high a contract as we've seen in the National Football League, depending on what metric you use to uh, evaluate it, uh, since he's coming off a uh, rookie contract, which was a fourth-round contract, jumping up to the levels that he has, has never been done before in a second contract, uh, over $100 million guaranteed and $33 million per. If he doesn't bite at this... Could the Cowboys do a complete 180 and just say, no, we're going to jump into the free agent market. We're going to try to get to the head of the class in the NBA and the draft this year and take our next quarterback. Could things blow up between Prescott and the Cowboys? I don't see that happening. The Cowboys are very committed to him being the quarterback next year. It's just a matter of numbers. And I think that they franchise tag him if they aren't able to reach a long-term deal. And I think that the, the option there, the only option that would make sense would be if they franchise tag him and then, for example, a, a team tries to make a move on him from there and the Cowboys aren't willing to match the number. But, as we've seen, the highest the franchise tag can be is $32 million for the exclusive tag. And there's a report out there that the Cowboys are already offering $33 million per year, which would put him among the top five highest quarter, quarter, paid quarterbacks at the NFL. So if the Cowboys are willing to pay him $33 million, you would have to assume that they would, be, they would be willing to match whatever offer she would come in for Dak. So I think that they're willing to, to pay top dollar for Dak Prescott. It's just a matter of the nuts and bolts of it. I don't see him moving away from Dallas. All right, we've got the CBA hanging over our heads, and uh, I've seen reports that uh, there should be an official vote within the next two or three days. They really need to get it done because it will affect how free agency opens up with the dollars that will be available to the owners. Uh, how, how much pressure are the top fight free agents, the guys whose names we've already kicked out there, who could be moving, quarterbacks, the most important position in the National Football League? At the end of the day, it's a democracy, and everybody gets one vote, but voices are heard, and these are some pretty big voices who are free agents in this offseason. How much do you think they can sway the vote? I think that we're already seeing a lot of that, although it hasn't been 
most of the free agent quarterbacks that have been speaking out, but we've heard Aaron Rodgers, we've heard Russell Wilson speak out. They're both against the CBA, but we've also heard Ryan Fitzpatrick recently speak out, and he is for the CBA, uh, the proposed CBA. So I think that there will be some sway from the top players, but there's some, definitely a division, I think, somewhere where the silent majority might fall with the support of the CPA, uh, CBA because it's been described as, a deal that is friendly to the core players of the league, uh, to borrow a term uh, that Nate Solder, the NFLPA rep from the New York Giants, used. Um, and I think that the top players, they may be a little out of touch with the core players, and they're clearly out of touch with the owners who some of them, you know, might not even be on board with the current deal and might try to swing it even further in a direction. Because that 17th game number is, it seems to be the, the figure that is stuck in the top players' crawl. And I, I've heard rumors of an 18th game proposal, and uh, that, that would, I think, only further and deepen the divide between the owners and the, and the top players. Right. Let me ask you about that. That story broke yesterday. I'm sure it was leaked with a purpose uh, that they there is a handful of owners that would prefer that the players not accept a proposal because they think they undersold themselves and would rather go uh, to war for an 18-game schedule than a 17-game schedule. Do you believe that's a negotiating ploy or an actual fact that there are some owners that uh, got voted down uh, on a even more grandiose proposal with more games but also more money? I think overall it's a negotiating proposal because I think that the NFL players that are upset with the current CBA proposal are most upset about the 17 games. Now, this could be the NFL's way of saying, okay, well, if this doesn't pass, guess what? We're moving this to 18 games, and you're going to wish you had a 17-game option. I really hope that that's the option, because that's what's going on here, because I do think it's a minority of the NFL owners that don't want this to pass. There are some. Only 75% of the league's owners voted to approve the current CBA proposal. So there are some that probably do want that 18th game. But as I mentioned before, those owners, if this report is true, it just shows how out of touch they are with some of the star players. And I don't think it's in anyone's best interest to heighten that divide. Ryan Fitzpatrick had a very good point in his, in his video that he sent supporting the CBA where he said, this is a sign and an opportunity for us to show solidarity between our players and our ownership which could go even longer than any, anyone could think about in the current revenue sharing of the pie. This is talking about looking good, looking healthy, looking like a strong league for the next 10 years to come, not a league that's going to be constantly at war with it, itself, civil war between its owners and its players. It's going to be very interesting to see when this shakes out. All right, um, in eight days when legal tampering starts, yes, the attention will be guarded by the quarterbacks. Always will be, always has been, um, but there are a bunch of very good free agents out there that are quote-unquote positional players. Who's the one guy who you think is going to surprise people? That as soon as he hits the market, you're going to have five, six, seven teams making a major play for him who doesn't get the ball snapped to him for a living. Well, I think that there's there's a couple of guys obviously on defense. There's a bunch of pass rushers who are candidates for the franchise tag. I think a lot of teams are probably operating under the assumption that those guys are going to be franchise tagged. Now, there's a chance that maybe one of them is 
whether it's Shaq Barrett or a guy like Matt Judon out of Baltimore. Um, the situation with Yannick Ngakwe out of Jacksonville is very interesting because he could be a tag and trade option. And if not, we could see him pull Le'Veon Bell and sit out for the entire season because he's already said his goodbyes to the Jacksonville fans. So I think it's going to be a pass rusher. The biggest name that's talked about right now is Jadavian Clowney. But I think the, probably the biggest prize on the market or projected to be on the market is Chris Jones, interior defensive lineman for the Kansas City Chiefs. We always see it happen. Uh, your, your production is a big part of what you – your pass production is a big part of what gets you paid, but also your profile. And we see it every year. Super Bowl winning teams get raided in free agency. Everyone wants a piece of those guys because not only are they proven contributors and proven champions, they also put butts in the seats. And I think that Chris Jones can be that guy for any team that's got the spending money. There's going to be an insane uh, bidding war, I guess you could say, for his services. I think he'll be the top non-quarterback in this year's uh, free agency class. All right, last one, and I want to get your franchise tag uh, read on him. One of the guys who I think is underrated going to the free agent class because it's a non-glamour position would be uh, Brendan Surf, the uh, offensive guard for the Redskins. They've already said that they will entertain trade offers for Williams, who sat out all last year. The Skins weren't very good, but they've got a brand-new coach, so maybe the owner would be okay with a step back. Are they going to let a guy like Scherf walk out the door and uh, rebuild that offensive line, knowing they've still got a young quarterback and things to get done there? What do you think the uh, bidding market is going to be for Brandon Scherf? I think it would be a big mistake for the Washington Redskins to let Brandon Scherf walk out the door in free agency. I already think they've kind of goofed this situation to be in this position at this point. Brandon Scherf is one of the best interior offensive linemen in the entire NFL has been to multiple Pro Bowls, and aside from his injuries, has given the Redskins no reason to not re-sign him at this point. There haven't been really any reports that say that the Redskins have reached out and offered a deal, and if that's true, I think that's really unfortunate. Maybe they've offered him one that's a little bit lower than what Scherz believes his market value would be because of the recent injuries, but and he's turned them down, which that, of course, reflects poorly on the Redskins uh, franchise because I'm sure they want to extend their belief in him but if he hits the open market, I think despite the injuries, he's going to be, yes, the top offensive lineman on this market. Uh, people are going to clamor for his services, and I think there could be a big bid in war. If the Redskins end up having to break out the franchise tag on him and pay about $15 million, it's worth it to have him in the fold. But at the same point, you've got to look at that number and say, how do we not have this guy locked up long term? Agreed. Good stuff. Appreciate you coming on board, Kevin. Take a deep breath. You can relax for a couple of days and then get ready for what I think is going to be a very fun week of NFL coverage next week. Thanks for hopping up on with us today, Kev. Of course. Thanks so much, Jody Mac. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.